Welcome to the Vitruvian Human Podcast. An exploration of body, mind and soul through the vessels of art, science and spirituality. What if our entire purpose here was to embark on a quest to understand our place in the cosmos? And we're good to go for episode two of Vitruvian Human, the quest to understand our place in the cosmos through an uncensored exploration of body, mind, and soul through the vessels of art, science, and spirituality. We are your hosts. My name is Chris Ferris. If you'd like to find out more about me and everything that I do, including my online content called Continuum, you can go to chrisferris.com. I am Maylene, and if you'd like to know more about me, my website is maylenejoy.com, M-A-I-L-E-N-J-O-Y.com. And we'd like to just say before we get started that Vitruvian Human Podcast is for educational purposes only and Maylene and I do not necessarily support or endorse the views of our guests or each other for that matter. So moving on, we're going to invite the next wonderful human uh, to spend some time (laughs) with us on this podcast, the amazingly talented, the exuberantly uh, natured, the man of many gifts, Mr. Jason Hand. That, that was really amazing just to watch you transform into... <laughs> <laughs> I just watched it right there and happen. It was, it was quite amazing. It was the VCM. It was the VCM. That's what it was. Yeah. So, how, um, how you doing, man? Yeah, really good, really good. Really good to be here. Quite exciting and actually a little bit nervous. I, I said I wasn't that nervous, but um, now I'm a bit like, oh, you know. Oh, it's no yeah. need to be nervous. Yeah. We're just having a chat. There's just cameras and microphones. Just cameras <laughs> getting every single word in detail (laughs) (laughs) so to give everyone a little bit of background we've known each other for some years now you've become a very close friend of us Mm -hmm. friend of ours would you be able to give our listeners just a little bit of background about yourselves kind of the the main things that people would know you for oh would they know me for um i uh, i work in the mental health industry um i've worked in different organizations and I guess a lot of people know me through uh, my drumming and, and music. And so I a lot of people seem to remember me from that. So I work for a company called In Rhythm and, you know, I do a lot of drumming workshops with schools and corporate events and just different community things like that. Yep. And just, yeah, so a lot of people know me through that. And um, uh, I don't know if it's worth mentioning, but uh, one music program that I've been doing for seven years over at Wynnum there, and so it's the fourth company that I've run it through, and we get up to 100 people every Wednesday at Wynnum from 10 to 12, and just people come there to jam and hang out and just connect, and yeah, it's a it's a fantastic thing to be part of and watch grow and still see it happening, yeah. Yeah, cool, and that, that's something you've been doing for, for some time, right? I mean, ever since I've known you, you've had something to do with the, the development for community of with people being able to have access to music yeah. and getting together yeah. to express that. Mm. And um, oh, I'm not the greatest musician, that's for sure, but um, it just seems to happen that this is where my paths led me and um, uh, any opportunity that comes up, I've always said yes and sort of winged it, you know, that seems to be one of my strong skills, winging it. <laughs> Well, you've done pretty well so far. Yeah. <laughs> so I'd, I'd really love if you could give us a visual on how these drum circles look. What kind of drums do you use? How does it start? What's the formation like? Can uh, you give us, can you walk us through so we can envision it? Okay. Um, well, I guess it depends on the situation or the intention. You know, it's different with kids and, and maybe someone different from rehab and different intentions. But basically, um, it's just getting people fully involved as much as possible and, and a lot of people say oh, they can't drum they can't sing or they can't you know they can't do this and they're quite restricted and closed off and so I guess uh, I don't know what to say but it's just like providing a space where people can be really present with themselves and then they feel comfortable themselves and all of a sudden they want to express themselves and spontaneously it's like this this celebration of joy and just being alive and being with other people and so, yeah, that's that's the, the gist of it. Yeah. Yes. Oh, that gives me goosebumps. Mm. What stood out for me there was the presence. Mm. So can, how, I mean, I've, I have participated in your drum circles before and 
I remember feeling the atmosphere as I don't know if it's the sound of the drums. I think were they djembe's or yeah, yeah. I don't know if it's the sound of the drums or the fact that we're all there together and no one cares Mm. about each other's skills. Yeah. But there's something about drumming in unison with those primal sounds and that alone brought me into presence, Mm. the togetherness Mm. and the sound. What is it for you? Like what's, what's the, the main thing that stands out for you that brings you into presence when you're in these drum circles? Um, what, what brings me to presence? Yes. Well, I guess you can't help but be present when you're on the drums because you have to focus and you're using your hands and stuff and you, you just have to be there and mm. for you to uh, to listen to everyone else and to fit in, you just, it just it's a natural occurrence to be present and I guess there's some things you can do to make even more present, I guess. Um, yeah, I, I don't know really... Um, yeah. How to a- answer that more. Yeah. What yeah. about you? What's your experience with the? Well, what what I have always enjoyed about your ability and your talent is to bring all of these people together, whether they want to be there or not. Because <laughs> I've seen some people they rock up to these things, whether it's a work occasion, like oh fucking mm. hell, he's going to pick me or not. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Which. But but by the time that's happened and everyone starts getting involved, the people that are the most resistant always at the end are like, oh my god, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you have this, you have this, and I'm I'm sure it's um, also the fact, like you said, it's just this thing about drumming when you get together. There's this tribal thing mm. that's yeah. as yeah. old as the human race. Yeah, this uh, um, this inability to resist rhythm, mm. no matter who you are or what what mood you're in. But you have you have this innate talent to bring t- people together and to to get them in sync with each other to to attune everyone to the same rhythm and to the same beat. Oh, thanks, you just man. you just have well, it's, that's <laughs> don't thank me, thank you. That's that's your that's always been something that I've been attracted to about your personality and probably why you've worked in the industry that you're in and have mm. been so successful in it. Yeah, mm. yeah. I don't know. I don't know where it comes from. I think uh, just growing up and f- feeling like. Um, I don't know, I never quite fitted in. Like I, I know with um with high school and stuff that um I was like on on the the first few years I was just like I was picked on and I was sort of separate from everyone else and that longing to connect and find connection with people and then um I was um quite lucky to join a band and also I sort of became a bit cool and then I was in the skating and did quite well with that and so the same people that were picking on me really liked me and stuff and then you know i wanted to be my friends and then but it didn't feel real Mm. and i just feel i felt really disconnected eh? and i was just like it was just searching for something i was like there has to be something more than this and then when i did find drums and drumming i was like oh my god you know i don't have to talk and and try to be someone i can just play and, and and enjoy being that with everyone and it just it felt so good and i and i and i guess it's it's almost a a selfish thing it's like i want everyone to join in and you know and, mm. I, and i really want them to be part of my joy for for drumming and playing and participating mm. so i guess that's where that comes from getting people like wanting to get people in yes. yeah into yeah. my world i yeah. guess yeah it's like a like a selfish act for selfless results yeah <laughs> yeah 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 uh you were a pro skater weren't you uh, I wouldn't say pro, but um, I, I definitely got. To, um, I used to skate for Billabong and Globe. Sounds pretty and, pro, uh, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> He's a but, humble man. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, well, I, I, I definitely, like, I, I could skate, but there was, there was people that were better than me. But I was always, I don't know, just always at the right place at the right time, and had the right people there, mm. and things just sort of fell into place, and um, yeah, and had a that was a that was a fun time in my life, but. Yeah, <laughs> and and what happened with the pro skating? Ah, oh, so there was um, so it, it was it built up to this big big point, and um, I convinced my parents to open an indoor skateboard park and that, and both me and my brother were really heavily into the scene, and for some reason dad was like sure, and he like, <laughs> God bless him, he sold his uh investment unit and we we built this indoor skateboard park. And, um, you know, it was amazing, you know, and then, and 
uh, I thought I was on top of the world. You know, had all my sponsors and had my own skate park, and that's that's the projection I was going down. Mm. And then, just as the park was getting finished, there was a skate comp down in Ballina, and um, heaps of people. And I was like, everyone, come back to my skate park. You know, like I'm fully sick. You know, <laughs> come back. And then five five to ten minutes into my first skate, I landed wrong and tore my ACL. <laughs> like my first skate there, like and, and and just did my knee in and 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 that that was sort of it. Like, um, how long ago was that? Oh, that would have been, jeez, like 15, 16, 17 years ago, I think. So the first skate uh, is this a tournament? No, no, this a, is. There was a tournament. There was just before the skate park was built right yeah and so and and this is sort of where the whole skateboarding idea you know of a career ended mm. and when i came back to the skate park that my parents had built and yeah and then i hurt my knee and, and done my acl and so for the three years um i was there i couldn't really skate or anything and so i just work and someone was saying it's like working in a brothel and not be able to get a route so it was like <laughs> nice. so <it> was a, <laughs> So I was, uh, I was just, you know, I was there and, and, and but still to this day, I, I, I love skateboarding. I love watching skateboard movies, you know, I've tried to go for a skate at the park and mentally a lot better than I am physically, <laughs> mm. but that was just the, that was the end of that. Mm. So protection. I'm, I'm curious, what was your experience like after the injury and you know was there sort of a depressive period after that where you were coming mm. to terms with the loss of your pro skate what is yeah. it pro skate career well, identity yeah basically yeah and yeah, and yeah it, was. It, was a, it was a it was a massive shift and i felt like everything built up to that moment you know like i told you i didn't have any friends and i had you know friends and i was cool and i was building this and i was like oh, i i had built my building on shaky ground you know yeah it was it was and then when that happened i did i felt a bit yeah i felt really really lost you know and then like um yeah it was just really weird and people treated me differently even after that how how so i just just um i don't know i just it's like i lost respect from people or something yeah it was really weird but to so that happened and then two weeks later I found out the neighbor that I was sleeping with was pregnant with my baby. So there was like these, like everything that I thought was going to happen and who I was, you know, just got taken out from yeah, underneath wow. me. And it was, it was such a blessing. It was such a blessing, eh? And I, um, and it was, uh, it was around that point there that, um, I, I got into actual meditation and stuff because I was really questioning, like, what is this? You know, what's, what's, you know, doing the whole, what's it about? You know, trying to work it out. And this lady came in one time. She used to come skating there all the time. And she had this um, uh, this uh, uh, book, the Tibet, the Book of Living and Dying. The, mm. Is that what it's called? I'm reading it right now. Oh, are you? Yeah. Okay, of course you are. <laughs> <laughs> what's the name of the book? The Tibetan Book of the Dead. Right. Yeah. So yeah. that's Tibetan the one you're talking about. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And, and, I'm pretty and, sure it's the same book, unless yeah. there's two Two ones with with very similar names. Okay, well, let's just say it is for yeah. the, for the story. I'm reading a Tibetan <laughs> book. Okay, <laughs> and then so because she was talking about meditation and that, and I was like, I I never really like that's my mind never went there, and um she brought this book in and she was telling me the story about how the person who gave it to her um told her someone gave it to him and they never saw that person again and then when that person gave it to her she never saw that person again you know and then um don't give me the book (laughs) so she did give me the book and i didn't see her again (laughs) so it did happen on it did happen that way but um i read it and everything in the book was just like oh it's just like this truth within you know i was just like i was like oh that's like there's just these electrical shocks within they're just simple stuff like talking about the impermanence of thing and talking a lot about your identity and everything and so it sort of really spoke to me on where I was at at that time and I was like oh my god this is this is amazing and then um I guess I tried to sit down and meditate or was that that was my first sort of journey into trying to work out what what the hell this is all of it yeah. all about how then did you end up getting into 
I guess now we're talking about meditation, mm. there's a very unique form of meditation that you practice called vibrant celestial meditation. And we had a, a small experience before we started the podcast. It's we've, we've done it multiple times with you in the past. You were the one that taught it to us. Mm. How can you, can you explain a bit about what it is and how you got into doing VCM? Yeah, yeah, VCM. So it's a it's a really simple, spontaneous way, I guess, of connecting to the divine or the something bigger than yourself and letting go of who you are. I guess that must be the theme about my life, letting go of who I think I am. And um, it's just a it's a short little prayer or intention to connect something bigger than yourself. And there's a little mantra you sing. And um, from what I understand, it doesn't really matter what the mantra is it's more that it's the feeling behind it like it's like you're singing to the gods or god or whatever you know you sing and then you just let go and you just allow for your allow for life to guide you wherever it needs to go in whatever way and the more you can trust that guidance or that life within you to um to take you or do what you need to the more i don't know you get onto this this flow of consciousness or this you know, you sort of get out of your mind, and you know, you, you know, it just changes your perception on on life. So yeah, that's a that's a VCM. Did that sound? Yeah, <laughs> it did. I I think it it sets it up well. But then to explain what actually happens in it. So what's what's the oh, what's okay, the vibrant okay, part? Okay. So I guess because like you just allow whatever to happen, so it can just get crazy, and you can just like I've I've had points like. Um, I don't know why I just get emotional talking about it. It's been a big part of my life for a long yeah. time, and I'm, it's still the only practice that I've learned over all these years that I continually do. And yeah, since I learned it, but um, I'll be like, I've been times where I've I've bent over backwards and my head has almost like touched the ground, like just from allowing. The first time I met you, <laughs> that's what happened. Did it? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> The first time I met you, uh, Yost, our mutual friend, the the gentleman yeah. who ran the uh, the rehab who, clinic, who I, who I learned the VCM through, who, yeah, yeah. Um, he said, oh, "Jason, the the drum therapist is here. So you're going to be doing uh, some meditation with him down the back." So at the health <laughs> shed, we we went down to the back of this place, and I had done my own versions of ceremony and what I came to realize was actually pretty similar to VCM which I had discovered in through my own paths mm-hmm. so I had I had this own experience of uh, a ceremonial connection to the divine which I thought if people were to see it it would be very strange because <laughs> I was I was talking in tongues and I was doing <laughs> bizarre things yeah. like I'd, I'd go into kind of uh, trance-like yeah. states, but almost like almost to the point of like you're having an epile- epileptic yeah. fit, but you're <laughs> yeah. in control of it. So I'd be have you know doing these experiences, uh, sometimes under the influence of things, and other times not. Yeah. M- more recently, not. Um, <laughs> but there were certainly occasions where I, I I was scared to do that to know that people would be watching me doing this <laughs> because I was like, what the like I don't even know what the fuck this is, let alone like what people would think of me. Yeah. And then so we go down to the back of the hell shed and we sing this song together. And then I just, I've got my eyes half closed and then I just see you like in the in the distance bend over backwards like this. <laughs> and then you start laughing hysterically and I went, okay, this is it then. And <laughs> I just let go. <laughs> yeah. And then we're both rolling around and it's like, wow, this is a normal afternoon just, here. Just, just hanging out, having a good time. <laughs> just letting go of any like, I don't know, like, we're so conditioned on how we need to be and and how we need to act and mm. and just I don't know, let I, I love it because um yeah mm. just completely let go and then just have such a mm. beautiful experience from yeah. it yeah mm. what do you feel when you do it well the the word that comes up for me when I think of VCM is surrender mm. and like you said to it's an opportunity to let go of all inhibitions. Because whatever sound comes out, whatever movement your body wants to make, and naturally the body has its own intelligence. It will know what Mm. to do to shift energy for you. Mm. And when I think of VCM and I think of 
my experiences with VCM, I also think of my experiences, you know, through ecstatic dance and kundalini yoga, for example, and all of these types of embodied forms of meditation, which ultimately are all based around the same essence, yeah, yeah, yeah. movement, sound, uh, letting go, surrender, those, those types of things. And uh, I can remember one of the most interesting experiences was when we had the retreat at Esk and we had that huge circle in the atrium that you were leading. I don't know if you remember yeah. that one, but for a moment, I just wanted to observe and notice what everyone's mm. experience was. And for a moment, I opened my eyes just to witness everybody's experience. A, a sneaky peek. Yeah, I, <laughs> I couldn't help myself. I just wanted to notice yeah what everyone was like yeah. and I could really see how there were some people who were quite reserved others didn't care there was someone on the floor in a frog position flicking her hair back and forth <laughs> and it's these sorts of things where whatever your experience is we can all honor that yeah 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 definitely it you know it could be so um different and varying in your response or how you're doing it and if it all just seems to fit together it does but I, I must admit the first time that so i learned it through yost who we know each other through the um the rehab place yeah and um so i, I was he had his readings i don't know what i forget what magazine it was or something he had some he was talking he had some um writings and i was like i really connected this guy because i was from the gold coast and so he had this um uh, and then i read one of his books i think it was higher and higher might have been he's got a few mm. good books and he talks about the meditation in there. Just, just briefly, he doesn't go into it. He just just talks a little bit of, uh, I think it's like a paragraph or something. And then I was like, I saw he was doing a workshop. I was like, oh, I've got, I've got to go up. I just like, I'm just so drawn to this guy. Eh? And so we go up there and we're, and he's talking us a little bit through it and that. And I, I, I see that like by talking to it, it's like you're, it's like you're relaxing the analytical mind or the that doubt or the you know the thing that discerns things. Mm. And, and so he was talking to that and just to relax us. And then there was only like uh, six of us and, and him. And then, so we start the process and then everyone just starts going into this like chaotic thing. And I didn't, I just, I sat back and I was like, no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do it just because everyone else is, you know, I'm just going to sit back and, you know, and so like I looked and I closed my eyes and then, and then I relaxed and I had like a, like a little giggle, you know, I was like, this is a bit silly. And then all of a sudden, this, it was just like something just came over me and just like, I just like, like lean forward, like it just pushed me down. And then I just laugh hysterically, just like, like tears, like this massive release. Like it was like, it wasn't me. It wasn't, I wasn't forcing it. It's like, I was having this reaction to something mm. like, and I was like, and my mind would kick in sometimes and go like, this is stupid and ridiculous, but the, it was such an overwhelming experience and my mind just moved to the side and, and then I just allowed this process to take forth. And then after it, I started looking around at everyone and I was like, wow, I never felt so me. I never felt so alive and and like I hadn't achieved anything. I hadn't, you know, I hadn't said anything witty or I hadn't done anything. I was just, I was just... I was so happily me for just being me mm. and there was no more to it. And then, um, mm. so we did that weekend workshop and we we're supposed to come back the weekend after mm. and I was hooked. I was like mad hooked doing it three times a day. And at that time I was living, <laughs> I was uh, living with my parents and I was like downstairs, like having these like multiple orgasms like downstairs. <laughs> just like screaming as my energy would just come up and, and take me to these blissful states and i'll be just like screaming down at like five in the morning like go upstairs and like and my parents would look at us they're like oh, he's going he's going through a rough time like, <laughs> he's really enjoying himself and um and then so that that week i just like i just dove into it and it was just like it's like my whole world changed it's like everything that i thought I knew just just died mm. and I came back and and surprisingly no no one else even tried it during the week yeah I, I was real surprised and there was only one lady actually she tried it once and she went loopy and all her feelings and um all her 
everything that she's been worrying or concerned about. And I think she was having problems with her uh, son-in-law or something like that. Mm. And she like rang him up and left some crazy message on his... Because all the things were coming up and just mm. she had to express it and she had to move through it. Mm. And so she was the only other person that tried it. And then I was just like, oh gosh. And so... I was, yeah, so it just it just hit me really good, and from that point, I just went on this this journey. And it's not like it's not like I've gone up and up and up because I went up so high, as like everything came out, and I just you know realized how much of a scumbag I was, and I had to mm. deal through this, go through this process. It was yeah. like this cathartic, yep, process. Yeah, there, there's <laughs> very much a thank you for sharing that. Yeah. <laughs> there's very much a from my experience of it. There's a point at which you allow it to occur and it's a it's a very thread-like thin precipice of allowance mm. and as soon as it happens it like tips over and this flood of tingling for me anyway comes into my body and it's it's unmistakable that there's something else going on but at the same time the logical mind is going what is this I don't understand it. And if you allow that to, to get in control, it, it's like it puts the floodgates up mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and stops the ecstatic sensation from, from happening. And there's this, I suppose that it's the logical part of my brain anyway, putting up this argument of saying, well, of course something's going to happen. You're just giving into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it wants, it wants to work things out. Yeah. But, and, yeah. but if you don't... If you don't allow it to happen, then it doesn't happen. And it's it's a really odd surrender. Yes. Yeah. 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 Very much so. And it's uh, in in the midst of it, like the one that you were talking about before up in Esk, and when we were over with Yost in in Bali, I opened my eyes amidst how how many people were there? At least twenty or thirty. Mm. So, amid you know, in this open area near near the beach at this hotel. And I don't know if the Balinese were, if, if their particular spiritual practices encompassed what we were doing <laughs> or if they were looking at us oddly because there were points where I'd, I'd open my eyes and everyone's standing up and just like going, ah, like <laughs> so full on. It's, and it's, it is, it is, it is, it is it, for the outsiders to look in. I, I, yeah. just, I just quickly want to say like, I used to, um, so I went to this, this point of like, I need to like stop caring what people think. Yeah. So I'd go out into public situations. <laughs> At the bus stop? And like go to parks. And I remember this one time, there was just this park, it was just full of people. And I was just like, all right, I start feeling the move. And I was like, I right, just let it go. And I'm just like, in this ecstatic state, just howling like a madman. And then I finished to open my eyes and it's clear. The whole park's clear. <laughs> I've cleared the whole park. And then, and then I walk into my car like all like, you know, bit, bit proud of myself. Yeah. Like, and I walk past this kid and the kids know and they smile and they look at me and then the parents pull the kids close. Yeah. And I'm just like, get away. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's like that the when I when I first saw it, well when I first saw it uh in, in such a large amount of uh such a big group. Images started coming to my mind of Pentecostals and, and church groups and, and, and then dropping to the ground and talking on tongues and yeah. praise be the yeah, Lord, you yeah. know. But then you think, what? Go on. Yeah. I was just going to say, I was brought up in Christian churches mm-hmm. and it was no different for me to yeah. be in a VCM. Yeah, yeah right. Yep. Yeah. Mm. So uh, I'll put this question to both of you then. Is that the same thing accessed in a different way? I, I think so. I, I, I think there's like, Maybe there's levels to it. I don't know. I, I just I just know from like uh, I've been doing a practice that I learned from Sadhguru recently, and it's like you go through a whole breathing kriya sort of thing, and then at the end of it, it just leads me to VCM, or it leads me to a thoughtless, yep. spontaneous reaction to life, you know. Mm. And so and, and allows uh, it's like an allowing, you know. It's mm. like you're releasing yourself, you know. You're you're to a, a higher purpose or a mm. being yeah. or whatever it is. And you just, and like the shaking or whatever, and it's just like this cleansing, you know? Mm. Yeah. yeah. May I add, uh, growing up in several different types of Christian churches, mm. uh, 
none of which I have anything to do with now. I couldn't wait to leave. Uh, But I have to say that in uh, different types of churches, depending on the pastor, when because there's uh, quite a lot of um, emphasis on the demons and demonic possession and things like that, Mm. uh, whenever, you know, people up the front would be um, being cleansed of the devil, that's when they would be making all sorts of different contortions and and sounds and things like that. Mm. So it's seen in a different light. It's the devil being excised, being, yeah. Yeah. whereas in VCM, it's all sacred. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's the difference. For me, from personal experience, having grown up in several different types of Christian churches and then leaving that scene and exploring every single type of spirituality I could get my hands on. Yeah. So the the talking in tongues is the devil. No, the talking in tongues is a gift of Jesus. Okay, because I was going to say I'm fucked if it is. <laughs> <laughs> and so th- this is this is actually a really good uh, topic because uh, when I was um, ten years old, I mm. apparently received the gift of tongues, which is a gift of Jesus. Several tongues. I haven't got the tongue yet. I'm still waiting for it. <laughs> And so while I had received this, uh, this language, a language I didn't fully understand, it felt right to me, but it never sat well with me that it was only from an institutionalized form of sacred being that never felt right. Mm. But it wasn't until I completely left the Christian church as soon as I could when I was out of my mum's care. Mm. That's when I realized, actually, there's also light languages mm-hmm. that are uh, also practiced by people who are of, you know, of a wider spiritual community rather mm. than just contained to Christianity. Yeah. And you can call it tongues. You can call it a light language, mm. whatever you want. It's something I don't really fully understand yet, uh, but I understand that people have their different versions and it means different things for different people. Terence McKenna, the uh, high priest of DMT when he was around, uh, or advocate rather, Mm -hmm. he was an ethnobotanist and his brother, Dennis McKenna, is still alive. He put forward the idea i think it's part of his stoned ape theory that (laughs) there were apes that were in the trees and some came down to the land and those that came down to the land and some were too stoned and they just sat in the trees some had had the munchies the the ones that came down to the ground started taking uh finding psilocybin mushrooms Mm. and then started eating them and then amidst all of the other apparent evolutionary advances that that gave us it was a a crucial point in the development of our brain mm. and what happened was the the monkeys at whichever stage they were um which we apparently broke off at that missing link they because of what the psilocybin experience gave to them it compelled them to start making sounds with their mouth mm-hmm. to what because what he called or what what he experienced in his journeys you have a compulsion to do what's called glossolalia which is talking in tongues which is the you know the, the sounds of you know whatever comes yeah. out and he put forward that that was the beginning of language mm. because it was the these primitive creatures were compelled to start making sounds and the more they did it with this psychedelic experience that they you know a primitive beings is is um being partial to began the creation of communities with a shaman at the center of it yeah that could divine what these things meant mm. Mm. yeah quite, quite i digress <laughs> well sounds carry vibration yeah yeah right and we don't necessarily have to understand the meaning intellectually mm. it's a feeling right mm. if it's a vibration mm. well, i guess a lot of words we've we've just agreed on the meaning haven't we they're just sounds and we've agreed on them and mm-hmm. so i don't know because I've, I've heard people say oh you speak light language and i'm like oh Oh, sweet. <laughs> Would you call me? <laughs> Would you call me? <laughs> and, um, but I just... Why isn't it a dark language? Yeah, yeah. You know? It's conditioning again. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so for me, it's just... um, 
like I let go and it whatever you know I don't do it all the time but sometimes I do and sometimes like I'm just I, it feels like I'm hitting certain um making certain sounds which are opening up certain parts of my brain or experience or I'm hitting different parts of my tongue which are mm. connecting to different parts of my body mm. you know like a code on a mm. in a keyboard like or something coordinates Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What if? So we've got mantras that we all know. There's universal mantras that mm. we can all chant. What if a person's light language is your own personal mm. mantra? It's your own coordinates, your own fingerprint, yeah. and your own personal connection to your source. Yeah. Mm. What Absolutely. if we don't know? Yeah. Everyone has mm. their own language. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. And when you're in those states of surrender you can talk different languages to each other and you'll still understand each other yeah and it's so weird eh? Mm. and like it all makes sense like and if i if i feel myself and went back <laughs> i'd try to distance myself from myself <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but uh, in the in the moment when i'm in it it just feels so like anything else like, like i can't think of anything else like it just feels so right and 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 it's also and it's also allows me to fully express every aspect of myself as well mm. and just fully whatever comes you know let that be and, and let it pour forth or whatever mm. unrestricted by mm. you know outcomes or i don't know anything else mm. yeah. yeah so i have a question mm-hmm. do you think that vcm whether it's as a once-off or done regularly may actually be uh may actually be counterproductive for some people yeah yeah definitely yeah. i um and in when, what when way I, when I, <laughs> so when i when i was doing it heaps and i was getting it like 3 a.m in the morning and i'd, I'd ride my bike down to the beach and because i was like i want to connect to nature and do it there and you know do it that time at three and I, and I was doing it so much and i was just like so blissed out but then i was like i don't uh, it was like, I don't know, it's like my ego was pushing it. I don't know why, but I just became like, like on the shit. Like, you know, I was surprised I didn't just start wearing white and answering questions from questions, you know. Have a, have a longer beard. <laughs> you have a longer beard, <laughs> you know. But then like, I wasn't paying my phone bill, you know. So, like, so you, you know? went extreme. Yeah, yeah. So I was just like, oh, I don't need to deal with all this stuff. And then I'm like, you know, like, and then I wasn't paying attention to my life. You know, right. it, was an, it was an escapism, you know, and it was really good to have those experiences and see there's more than what's happening, but it doesn't mean that that's better, you know, it's just an expanded perception, but you still need to, look, if you've got a phone, you need to pay your phone bill, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you need to put your rent in time, you need to, you know, you need to um, budget your money so you can eat through the week and have, you know, you know, all these practical things you know yeah right yeah so which is so which is so important (laughs) (laughs) and i i think that's pay your bills (laughs) (laughs) so what what i see when you're talking about that sort of situation i see this river and if because vcm really is a lot about energy moving which is Shakti. So I see this river and if the water is the energy and it's flowing, for a river to flow, it needs banks. It needs yeah. structure. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So as soon as there's structure, the river, instead of the water just seeping out everywhere and having no structure, it's actually contained and when there's banks surrounding this river the water actually has direction and flows faster strength Strength, it's got power Mm. but then again water can also be dammed so you don't want to have too much structure that the water is not flowing properly so that's just what came up when you're talking about you know have some sort of structure and be fluid with it even the structure itself needs to um, adapt to the energy and it's constantly talking to each other yeah and you're witnessing that relationship between the two it's the, the yin mm. and yang isn't it the mm. you know masculine feminine the yeah or, or the, and everything needs that balance the middle way what they what they yeah. talk about and so in, in saying that like after doing that and and as like as i 
reach spiritual heights and my physicality was breaking down. So that's when I like started getting into like just trying to work out what I'm eating or like, you know, I'm still not the greatest, but like exercise, exercise for me is like a big thing. I love like physical pursuits and stuff. And then that helps ground me and give me structure mm. or a, a solid foundation. And then I can have these, you know, experiences. Yeah. Right. Because the more rooted and grounded you are, the higher you can go. Yeah. Well, it's like a building, isn't it? You know, yeah. the solid foundations, the higher mm. the building can go. If you just yeah. do a, you know, a, I don't know, five centimeter cement slab, you're not going to be fine. Yeah. Be fine. <laughs> yeah. I was going to ask you what you do to create that solid foundation, which you then reminded me of the massive walk that you did. Oh, can yeah. you, can you tell us a bit about that? Did you do it once? Or have you done it more than once oh, already? I try, I try, I've done it. <clears throat> I've finished it once and I've tried it twice. So the first time, so it's the Oxfam trail. It's a mm. hundred kilometer walk. You just do. Did you just walk here? Just pretty much. You, is this a break right I now? Like, I drove halfway and then I was like, I'm going to walk the rest of the way. <laughs> and um, and I and I guess at that point in time, I just wanted something challenge, like challenging, and like, um, I, I don't know, but I feel like a lot of my life has happened gracefully. You mm. know, it's just sort of being in the right place, right time, being open to it, and then just I don't know, it just happens. You know. Uh, and then so I was like, I want this challenge. And so uh, I had some friends we did it with and we um, we did a bit of training for it. <laughs> Not as much as we should have. And then we're walking and I got to, I think it was about 60 kilometers and my knee was just like like killing. I've, not my bad knee, not my ACL, mm. my other one. And I was just push, trying to push through it and I was fighting my mind. Like it's it's a lot of it's in your mind. And then I just went, Oh, well, firstly, in the beginning, there was this guy with a big pot belly and he had this walking stick. <laughs> and I was looking at him and I was all like, oh, you know, this guy, look at him. <laughs> and I was all like, I got this. And I was like, full, like, you know, like real happy and like, yeah. this is going to be great. And then the 60, uh, just a bit after 60 kilometers, I fall to the ground. I'm like, I can't do it anymore. And then his old mate, he just walks straight past <laughs> me. <laughs> he just... You need a stick. <laughs> he just had all this, this dodgy little stick, but he, he just powered through. So I thought it was funny. But um, so I didn't make it and I was disappointed. But I was like, I, I, I need to complete this. You know, I've, I've had a taste of what it means to do it. And then the next year I signed up as a singles person. I joined these three other people I'd never met before. And they were in their 50s and one lady was in her 60s and she was a doctor. And we went for one walk and that, that was it. And they did their training and I did no training whatsoever. But I did the Vipassana meditation since then. And so I had a, a, a stronger knowledge of my mind in there. So I just, I knew that even with the un, being uncomfortable and the pain that I could get to a place in my mind where I could just cruise through it. And um, yeah, I did. I got, got to complete it. And I uh, learned so much about myself, yeah. And like those those times, like when you're just whinging and your mind's just like, this is, this is crap. And, you know, I think we're like, uh, it was, you raised money for people who needed food and stuff. And I was like, you know, stuff them people. Like, I'm out here like, <laughs> busting my balls. You know? <laughs> like, just everything just comes up, just excuses and like blame and and then and then you go through well, it and you're blaming them it. for you being yeah, there yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you if you weren't hungry i wouldn't be here you know just like just outrage <laughs> stuff like that and then um there'd be just moments when i just get i'd go all right i just need to get to the next checkpoint and i'd get this clarity and this energy would just rush up and i just i'd, I'd leave my team and i'd just go and i hadn't polls this time and i'd go poof, poof, and just just shoot off hey eh? and just like get into these flow states hey eh? of mm. just focus and like and and it was really important that I gave myself a, a goal in my mind, not just the very end, but then I broke it down because it was like checkpoints. And as soon as I had that in my mind, I was like, all right, okay, we can do this. I'm on board. It sort of like gave me this energy. Yeah. And just powered through it. Yeah. Mm. So what I noticed there is your self-talk because initially you had the frustration coming up yeah. and the blame mm. and then your self-talk changed it was encouraging mm. and 
that's the kind of stuff that I find really fascinating is when we put ourselves in these different situations, when we want to challenge ourselves somehow, but we don't really know how we're going to grow from it yet. What is so fascinating for me is to witness the mind Mm. and the different thoughts that come up and the different loops and the different memories and stories and narratives. Mm. And for me personally, it's constantly a journey of checking in to notice when I'm getting caught up in those narratives and to step back out again, to notice again when I'm in it and then to step back out and Mm. it's constant. Yeah, and I, yeah. Guess, I guess for those extreme moments, then uh, you become super aware of those thoughts and that, but just day to day, they're always there, but maybe just you don't catch them as much because eh? you're just going through the, mm. you know, the motions of the day. Mm. Yeah, but then like having that awareness to catch them, hey, and then... Yeah. Yeah, so I guess like what, what, what would you say? Do you say, would you say like let them go or what, you know, as a cloud in the sky and they just pass or do you flip them and give them the the positive or do you acknowledge the the negative thoughts and then would you say okay but give it the positives Mm. or would you suggest just letting them go yeah i'm just yeah just curious like what what would be your thoughts on it both of you that that's a really good point and i think you can do all of them do all of that personally uh i mean when for me, there's times in meditation where all I want to do is notice my thoughts. Uh, I find it really interesting when I meet different people in the yin yoga classes I teach when people say, I'm doing this because I need to stop thinking. I think too much. Mm. But can we really stop thought? Wouldn't that be like holding back the ocean if mm. we wanted to stop thought? Mm. Yeah. I, I, see, I don't, I don't think we we can i think we can through meditation i practice create space from our mind you know Mm. and so we can see it and it has a less of a sting or influence on us and then we can less of a sting you know and then we can use our mind for what we want to as a tool yes more than an identity and just you know taking us on this yeah trip Yeah. yeah and this is where awareness is always key As long as we practice continually awareness of our thoughts, just seeing the thought arise and seeing it dissolve back to where it came from, seeing the next thought arise, seeing that dissolve back to where it came from and just noticing. And then maybe we'll notice that most of our thoughts are actually repetitive and the same thoughts we had the day before. Hmm. And that's the first step. And then maybe once we are aware of the quality or the content of our thoughts, without judgment, without criticism, Mm -hmm. then that other thing that you were talking about, oh, maybe then we can start to shift. We can start to shift a negative thought and reframe it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a technique as well. So I I noticed, um, I I listened to your first podcast, and it's just you, and I noticed you were talking about uh, having a practice, and I I feel like that's like so important to have a, well, I like the morning time, but like having a practice sometime in the day that dedicates just you creating space or awareness within yourself. Yeah. You know, and like it's maybe some people can do it throughout the day and, and natural like that, but like dedicating a time you know, every day when you're just like trying to disassociate yourself from, you know, you're not your body, you're not your mind. There's something more to you, eh? Mm. Yeah. And finding that space. And then I, I've definitely found like, um, from having my practices in that and then even though my life's not perfect there's a lot of improvements i have this space where i can i, I can move through life joyfully you know and ha- happily and it, it seems to have really helped myself like what, what do you guys feel like with your practices yeah the the continued practice that i've been doing for the past couple of months of meditation each morning has dramatically changed my life and how i integrate with uh, everyone around me in my day and Maylene can uh, certainly back that up from what she's experienced of less my... Of, less of a jerk? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just less... Just less. Uh, no less intense, but yeah. yeah. No, I don't want to take that <laughs> yeah. away. No, no, no. no keep no. the intensity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My... I suppose my... large array of interests that I have and 
the like whether it's the podcast or continuum or drawing or whatever it is I'm doing next I have such a high output that I also have very high expectations of myself and and the results that I expect to achieve Mm -hmm. with them and without the I kidded myself for a long time. Oh, I don't need meditation. I don't need to practice. This is my practice. I'm meditating when I'm drawing or when I'm doing, you know, whatever. After having done a meditation every morning for the past, since the beginning of this year, it has allowed me to, whenever these negative thoughts come up because of unmet expectations in in the moment, because I want things now. Yeah. I know that I'll get them, but I want them now. Mm. I mean, my life is amazing. Yeah. But... Uh, well, I'll take your word for it. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> is it? But, but during the day, I would still find myself finding... Uh, allowing myself to find reasons to be angry or be unhappy about the way things were because they weren't what I thought they should be. Yeah. And having done a daily practice now for this amount of time, when those come up, I actively insert a positive thought instead to break the cycle. Mm-hmm. And some days, I mean, after a couple of weeks of, of uh, being mindful and accepting the way things are, sometimes I just go, you know, I just need a fucking break and yeah. just like I spend a day just moping around, which is normal. <laughs> but then it goes away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas before it would last for days, sometimes weeks. So... I think it's I'm like I'm I'm converted. It's you know nice. it's like an antidepressant, man. Yeah, yeah. You know it 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 really is. Mm. It's a it just it raises your awareness of your reality to a different level where you stop noticing the things that don't really matter mm-hmm. and that sh- that that you don't need to waste your time getting you down about. Yeah. Mm, that's interesting. That goes back to the shift in identification that you were talking about you're shifting your identification mm. yeah because i guess That's you focus how... on on results and, and and whatever you want to manifest and, mm. and you, you need to do that for it to to happen i guess you know to to mm. visualize before you create it and like you yeah. need to, like you, know, you think about it and the words come out sort of things but then just creating that space hey, and then um coming from that place of being first into into action hey yeah yep. yeah it's a, something that I, I realized about that our ability as humans to alter our perception on things is describes the innate quantum behavior of things. So the, the quantum behavior is that things are two different things at the same time. Mm. It's a particle and a wave, but it becomes either or at the moment that you observe it. Mm. So life just is going back to the last podcast where nothing means anything it's just a bunch of words and like sounds and colors what are you saying wow that's <laughs> <laughs> no, right yes yeah. it's it, it means that things are only the way they are due to a perspective mm-hmm. and you can wake up and look at the the rain as either dismal weather or as some cleansing some beauty. amazing miraculous cleansing beauty yeah. doesn't change what it is yeah yeah all all that changed was the way you looked at it mm. which means for us our reality is a, is behaves in a quantum in a quantum way yeah it's up to us to choose how we want to perceive it yeah there's always both Ooh. Ooh. Mm. We're going down a real dark. I, I drop the mic, but I don't. Want, I don't want to drop <laughs> this. Mm. Just, just walk out. Like, <laughs> oh, okay, okay, is that it? <laughs> but you know what I mean. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I find that very powerful because some of the biggest shifts and improvements I've seen in my holistic counseling practice is by simply offering different perspectives mm. on the same situation yeah. for my client to consider. Mm-hmm. Very powerful practice. Perspective shifting. Yeah. Mm. Uh, paradigm shifting. Mm. Mm. Paradigm shifting. I, yeah. For some reason, when you were talking, I just, this, this, a memory popped off in my head. And I just, ages like my, uh, my dad growing up used to be really into UFOs and aliens and stuff. And he gave me this book one time and, uh, and I had a, a read of it. And just, I wasn't too, but I was like, yeah, I'll have a read because it was so like, you need to read this. 
And it was just, it was this one point, and I don't know why I'm saying this, it just popped off in my head. But this guy was saying he was in bed and then um, uh, a craft or whatever went over his head and he, he telepathically heard what they said. And then they, they said something negative and then they said something positive. And then from looking at both those sides, they then took action. Hmm. The craft, like or something happened. It was like they 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 knew that he knew that they were there, and then there was a positive remark. So it was like they, I, yeah. It was, I was just I don't know. It was really stood in my mind that they considered the negative, the positive, and from there they were came to a mm-hmm. a best decision. Yeah, making. yeah. <laughs> the balance. The balance. The yeah. Balance. Yeah. <laughs> finding that middle path or balance every yeah. time. Mm. That's the. Uh, that is the the goal is put forward by the great traditional belief systems. Mm. Follow the middle road. Yeah. Mm. Although, may I add on that, I'm conscious of the time, but I just wanted to add this, is that when we're talking about decisions and what's positive, what's negative, mm. for me, that's, uh, that is the power of the mind with problem solving. Mm-hmm. That's where the mind is qualified to step in mm. and help us problem solve. Sometimes situations are too confusing to even think of what the different decisions could be. Mm. And sometimes we have to tap into what we feel yeah. because that's also our guide and our compass. Mm. But if all we do is go with what, with, with what we feel all the time, then that can also be detrimental as well. Because if we think about the type of person that only ever goes with what they feel, it's a two-year-old child. They're always following what they feel mm. in any given moment. Mm. And so we don't want to just only feel and disregard decision-making. You don't want to only do anything, hey? Yeah. yeah. You want to always know when the heart needs to lead or when the mind is qualified to step in. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And to just know that for yourself because every person is going to feel that differently. But then mm. like, what, what, what part of it is that knows what part, you know? So like, <laughs> so like it's, it's obviously a part that it's beyond that mind and the feelings and everything that, that knows. Ah, hmm. oh, maybe then it's about understanding the nature Things like Vipassana help us to understand the nature of the mind and different practices we engage in help us to understand the nature of our own feelings because sometimes our feelings are not a product of intuition. They're a product of a conditioned mind mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel, as well. I feel like emotions and mind are like tightly connected, you know, and emotions are a bit more juicier, you know, and they feel good and stuff like that. But like... De- where you're at in your life, your mind and your emotions are both reflecting that. Mm. Mm. That's what I think. That's my two cents. <laughs> We'd love to stay and talk all day. Oh, is it time already? But is it's it? time already. Wow. See how fast it went? Yeah, we cruised to it. Tell us, uh, tell everyone where they can find more about you. Okay, so for my drumming stuff, uh, au. So check it out. I run a few groups around Brisbane and... Uh, for your corporate events or school or anything like that, you want to bring people together, teams together, team building, just have a good time. That's the best place to go. Uh, if you want to come to the music program on Wednesday, every Wednesday at the Wynnum at the um, uh, George Clayton Park there, and it's from 10 to 12, and it's amazing. We've got heaps of instruments there. Uh, that's, yeah. in, that's in Brisbane, by in the Brisbane, way. In Brisbane, so yeah, in Brisbane. Yeah, so... Through our international audience. Oh, international. Perfect, yeah. And... um. Yeah, yeah, that's that's it, really. Um, is there a Facebook page uh, or for In Rhythm? <laughs> uh, yeah, there's an In Rhythm Facebook page, yeah. And so that's that's run uh, by Tim in Sydney, and that's another whole story, different story another time. Okay. And, um, yeah, and, and so I work with work for him through mm-hmm. that, yeah. Right. Yeah. So inrhythm.com. Yeah, yeah. Dot .au? Yeah, dot .au. Dot okay. Au. Yeah, check it out. And um, thanks for having me. I'm super stoked and... I um I've always been inspired by both your work and well Chris because I've known for a longer and I, I always remember um just watching you go um from when I first met you and then like just like excel it was so amazing and you got in your tai chi and you did your acupuncture 
and you just created so much awesomeness in your life and it's always been a real source of inspiration and and I'm I'm really inspired to know you and yeah. Thanks, man. So I really, really appreciate you both coming, you know, getting me to come in today. <laughs> of course. I feel like we're on the podcast now. <laughs> Thanks, man. Thank thank you for opening up about your experiences and being so genuine and authentic Thanks. and and sharing everything. You're always a wonderful uh, ecstatic individual <laughs> to catch up with and your uh, vibrant nature always rubs off on us. Oh, how good at describing words. They're the best. (laughs) (laughs) So that brings us to the end of episode two of Vitruvian Human Podcast. Thanks for sticking around, everyone. Uh, Once again, if you want to check out what I'm doing, go to chrisferris.com. If you want to check out what May's doing, go to maylenejoy.com. And we'll see you next time on the Vitruvian Human Podcast. Bye-bye, everybody. (laughs) 